Hey y'all, this is Jake. Just a quick update before we jump into this week's episode. Uh, I am in the final stretches of my graduate program, so I've been quite busy with that, uh, quite busy with organizing the Sanctimonious Invitational as well. That's a tournament that'll be uh, taking place the day after this podcast releases on Twitch, so I hope you're able to tune into that. Uh, if this is the first you're hearing about it, I, I apologize for the late notice. Um, but I've just been quite busy, so these episodes have been a little bit delayed. We have another episode that will be coming out very soon on low SAS decks, so you can look forward to that as well. But without further ado, I wanted to give you just a, a quick outline of how this episode will work. It's a little bit different. We have two interviews with our Sanctimonious champions who will be participating in the tournament. So up first, you'll hear Dan's interview with Lady Aurora, and then following that, a more traditional style episode uh, where Dan and Alex are joined by Beehawk. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for the Invitational. Alright, now stepping into the castle, we have Lady Aurora. Hello, Lady Aurora. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome back into the castle. Welcome to the Inner Sanctum. Welcome, champion of Sanctimonious. Um, It's <laughs> yeah, a funny backstory. So yeah, this episode we're talking about, we're you know talking with our Sanctimonious champions. And we asked Lady Aurora to be one of our champions. And in true Sanctimonious fashion, she replied, um, no, let's let the community decide. And then the Sanctimonious community is like, no, really, you should be the champion. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome back in as the champion. Thank you. Uh, I actually... Uh, felt a little weird being invited directly, and I, I because Sanctimonious is like a community team, uh, I wanted to put it up to a, a general vote, and I think it came out good for everybody. That was really cool, yeah. If we definitely, if we put together another team, I think we'll go that route. That was a much better route than just individual invites, so you were very wise in your ways, but uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to see that <laughs> you came out on top anyways. So, a bit of a roundabout yeah. way to get to the same uh, destination. <laughs> Yeah, and so with that, so the format, as we've discussed, or maybe we haven't discussed yet in the podcast, I don't know, Jake is the magic editor, so it'll be up to him to put this in at the right spot, but uh, it's going to be a two-deck survival, and then the only stipulation is the two decks cannot share a house across the two. And so again, in true sanctimonious fashion, Lady Aurora has made an interesting decision where you started a little survey that people could suggest decks. Um, for you to pair with one of your own. So you use one of your own and one from our community team. So that's really cool. And I submitted a deck. Um, are there any standouts so far? Any any good ones in there? Any gems that have popped up in there? Uh, yeah, there, there are a few. Uh, I think Burnside's deck is currently uh, the most intriguing to me. Uh, not only I because mean... <laughs> it also fills with uh, Buzzy Bizdoff, uh, which is the deck with which I won the Grand Championship. And I do want to try and like win. At least a few games. Sure. So I would prefer to play that deck. Um, I actually put this up to a vote because the only really strong pair that I can put in is uh, Buzzy and Charfleur. And that is exactly the same pair that I brought to uh, the Belgium Grand Championship. So I wanted to try and vary it a little. Nice. All right. So Zach had a question in our Discord. What goes through your mind as you bear the weight of our expectations? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> no pressure. always thinking about like uh, what kind of impression it makes if I win or if I lose <laughs> because I'm a content creator and I have like a following thing going on. I think this in this case, it feels more like fun community about the players, about interactions, about the streams. And I feel less of a weight about, you know, I must win this in order to prove myself. Like being invited <laughs> it's, to this uh, already feels yeah. pretty good. It's uh, it's it's as more and more so. Yeah, this will be up. I don't know. Maybe all the teams will be released by this point. But yeah, it's there's some there's some sizable names. We already announced for sure um, two, three Vault Tour winners. Yeah, and three of the four players that have been announced have Vault Tour victories. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a stacked field. It's going to be you know some really really good competition at the highest levels of KeyForge. So it'll be really fun to see how it all plays out. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, I played in uh, one of the Knowledge is Power tournaments, the 16-person uh, uh, Archon event, and like it felt like I was going straight into the top 16 of like a 150-player <laughs> Volto. <laughs> Only the strong survive. I went 0-4, by the way, in that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And I know, like going back a little bit to your content creator, like wanting to perform well. I know I was. Oh my goodness, when I couldn't hang a chain on a deck, I mean, I didn't get many opportunities, but I think I went to like four or five events and never hung a chain, and I felt like the mo- like the biggest fraud. I'm like, who am I? Like, I can't even <laughs> hang a chain at a local event. Like, this is this is awful. So no, I know, I know what that's like, but I don't know, once I got over it, now it's like, yeah, I just play the game to play the game. It's fun to play, so... Um, what strategy are you taking with regard to your deck ordering? When people talk about survival lineups, they talk usually about like a good deck and a better deck or something like that. Like there's like an ordering of strength among the decks that you bring. And that's not really the case for me. Like I'm not going to bring a deck that is better or a deck that is worse. I may bring a deck that is proven and a deck that is unproven, but I don't think one of them is uh, definitively better than the other. So when I order the decks, I think I'm going to go with higher variance decks first, so I can maybe pull up some unexpected wins by drawing well in the early rounds while I, I don't, while I still have a backup. And later in the event when I don't have a backup, I will have my more consistent deck to make sure that I don't, uh, draw badly and get knocked out. Yeah, I like that. I like that strategy a lot. That seems seems very wise. Alright, we're gonna go lighthearted for this one. If you had to go into battle and bring two creatures from the Crucible from different houses with you, which two would you take? Uh wow, that's a tough one. I don't know. Something <laughs> big and scary like uh, a demon maybe. Like the till looks pretty scary. And maybe uh Oh gotta take Scullion. Scullion is freaking huge. Oh yeah, Scullion. Or maybe maybe like um a chuff ape. God. Of course, of course, Scullion kills your other creature you bring in with you. <laughs> oh, oh, kills me. <laughs> I sacrifice myself for the Scullion. <laughs> so I think I, I think I'm gonna go with a chuff ape and like, uh, oh, maybe a tonk. A tonk and a chuff ape. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, so back into the back into the grinders. How did you decide between powerful decks with shared houses? Did it affect your first four picks? Like, looking at what houses, did you try to avoid any house combination to leave a good house for your second deck? 
Uh, not really, yeah, because of how I, I decided to do this. I, uh, one of my strongest deck is Chaufler, which, um, somebody, I forgot who, uh, told me that it's the worst house combination based on statistics. <laughs> That's always nice. So it's, it's Untamed, Bobna, and Mars. And there's pretty much no other good decks in that house. So I, I, I can pair that with anything that is good. I can pair it with a Logos Shadows, this house. I can pair it with a Sanctum, Shadows, this house, whatever. So if I had to pick my own decks, that would probably be the combination that I would go for. Um, but yeah, uh, in my case, I just put up four decks that I feel comfortable playing and hope that people will give me something uh, I can match with them. Uh, as it turns out, most of the decks that people have proposed only match up with Chowfleur, uh, for exactly the, talk, the reason we are talking about. And one of the decks actually doesn't have any pairings yet, which is my fourth deck, which is like Robnar, Dis, and Logos. For some reason, nobody has paired with that. So what do you expect the meta to look like? Uh, this is something I actually put some thought into. I think that is going to be very varied, because different... Players from different teams who play different things and they're comfortable with different things. And because this is a, like a top level event, you, there's no field you get, you need to cross. Um, you're gonna go straight into decks that you're most comfortable with. And I think for some of the teams, it's gonna be tried and true quota decks. And for example, the Tabletop Royale who have already been, uh, announced, I think there's a good chance they're going to play some Worlds Collides or uh, even uh, Age of Ascension decks. So the field is going to be really, really varied, I think, and it's going to be very hard to predict um, what is uh, going to be there and even more so what is going to win. Yeah, I feel <clears throat> with uh, Worlds Collide, I think you might see a lot of Worlds or not Worlds Collide. You might see a lot of Worlds Collide and Worlds Collide. No, you might see a lot of uh, Star Alliance and Saryans just because that's two houses that aren't represented in the previous two sets, so that makes it pretty easy to pair with your other deck. That's true. Because so I was playing with my own collection, and I noticed that I had some good Star Alliance, I, I think two or three good Star Alliance Saryan decks that had, you know, just one house from the previous two sets that kind of opened up what I could take from the other two sets if I were to have to you know, throw my hat in this ring and play it out like that. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I haven't thought about it that way. Um, I personally don't play uh, Saurians at all. Uh, I refuse to. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that option is out. And if you pair like Star Alliance without Logos in Worlds Collide, it doesn't leave you many good options. And you kind of want a Logos from uh, Call of the Archons if you go that route. All right. Well, last prepared question. What would winning mean to you? Um, wow. Uh, that's a tough question. Winning this event? $100. No. <laughs> a lot of toilet paper. <laughs> that's actually uh, uh, Ilana's joke from our podcast that should be open. Nice. Going up as well. Um, um, I think that winning this, this event is going to be extremely tough. Like when, when I go to a Volto, I sort of expect to make day two in most cases. Like if I go for two, then I feel like I may have disappointed myself. Here, if I win one game, I'll feel pretty good about myself. So if I win the, the entire thing, that would be like amazing. Um, completely unexpected and awesome. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a murderer's row of Keyforge players. It's going to be really, really great. I'm super excited for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to mention? I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to, uh, uh, like, if, even if I lose immediately, like, O2, I'm going to have a ton of fun just watching the other players play. No, and I really like that we've managed to line up enough streamers that every match will be streamed. That means that every match will then go onto YouTube or some kind of platform to be viewed later. So the viewing audience, if you're able to watch live, you can watch live. If you watched live one match and you should have watched the other match, that other match will be up for you to view at a later date. So yeah, we should get a lot of good, good Keyforge content out of all of this. So we're excited to partner with so many different streamers and content creators to make this happen. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, Lady Aurora, and you can check out her blog out at... Give me your blog post. I know it's Time Shapers, but what's the actual web address? Timeshapers.com. <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and check out her podcast as well. I think, so you just said that you guys did the fourth episode. You came out of, out of early retirement to drop that fourth episode. Uh, yeah, we have been uh, kind of on a stroll by Addis because uh, we're less inspired to make content and it's kind of tough to get them together in the same room with a lockdown going on. Um, <laughs> but we got we got an episode uh, down yesterday, uh, which will be not yesterday when this podcast goes live. But there's the <laughs> <laughs> fourth episode, just sales for time, time shapers, plural, on any platform and you should find it. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on. We are honored to have you as one of our champions, and we hope that you uh, take down that one game and then that next game and that next game all the way to the finals. Thank you very much for having me. Greetings, Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake Sir Alex. and Sir Dan. And welcome to another episode of Sanctimonious. I am your host for this episode, Dan. Dan is someone, and with me today I've got Alex. What up? And we have a special third third party guest here. We have one who goes by the name of Beehawk. Say hello. Hello. You did it. You said it. Good job. <laughs> That's the toughest part of it. All downhill from here. <laughs> Today's episode is the Sanctimonious Invitational Hype episode. Um, so if you haven't heard yet, or if you haven't seen it on the Twitters or on the Discord... We have taken it upon ourselves, mainly Jake. Jake was the driving force behind this. I won't steal his thunder. Like He literally said, this would be cool to do one day, and the next day we had a tournament set up. So, <laughs> good job, Jake. Yeah, we're going to have an invitational tournament. We have invited some other known Keyforge teams from across the world. Yes, that's right, across the world. We've been slowly meeting out who those people are. They're going to be... Um, competing in this. And by the time you're listening to this, they might all be released on the social medias, but for now, I will still leave it in uh, in mysterious, in mystery. It's a secret. Yeah. Uh, team Sanctimonious is going to input a team of our own. 
And that's why we have B-Hawk here. So we'll talk to him more later about that. And then you'll also hear later on in the episode, I talk to our other champion, Lady Aurora, who will also be representing Team Sanctimonious at this Invitational. But before we get into that even further, Inspirations. Go Beehawk, you get to be you get to inspire us first. Well, uh this is related to the event, but I've had some decks that I've been exploring uh to complement my deck choices for this event, and it's been super fun. I'm playing a lot of Saurians, a lot of Star Alliance, and it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll probably we'll probably grill you a little bit more later on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex, inspiration from you. Inspiration for me. Well, um, you know, I honestly, I haven't been playing a, a lot of Keyforge <gasps> recently. <gasps> I know, I know, it's terrible to hear. Get that. off the cast. Um, but I did, uh, <laughs> I did get to play a little bit of Adaptive Short, and I really, it's just a really fun format. For those of you who don't know what Adaptive Short is, um, we basically you immediately, well. Basically, we, you each look at each other's deck lists, and then you both make a choice um, for what deck you want to play. If both players choose the same deck, you then do chain bidding um, for who will get to play it. Um, basically, uh, if, if you choose the same deck, it's like game three of Adaptive. Um, and so uh, it is a really fun format um, that I think brings out some uh, different elements uh, of Keyforge that I haven't seen before, um, and uh, it's just been uh, it's been uh, something that has been made me excited to play uh, in a way in a different way than uh, I have before, and just kind of a different way of thinking about decks, um, and also it tests my test deck evaluation skills, yes, uh, exactly. which is a very helpful skill to uh, work on. <laughs> yeah, I played some short adaptive. I played one with my you know, my writer rum runner and we both picked my deck the first time we played through and I let him have it for three chains. Cause most people don't play my deck very well. And he just got there. Like he made some, he made some mistakes. So we did a second game and I just took his deck right off the back. So I'm like, your deck has the tools to like, um, you know, ruin my deck. And I just want to see if I can ruin my deck. And yeah, I couldn't, <laughs> I should have, should have bit some chains on my deck. Cause the second game, his deck, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was fun. And then I went and looked, and his deck was actually yeah, it was not very. It was not a very good deck. It was not a very highly rated deck. It did have the tools. I just got the tools too early first game, too late second game, and so I went O two and adaptive short. So yeah, um, my inspiration. So I've been doing that. I've actually been playing quite a bit recently. It's been really fun. Um, played in Lady Aurora, ran a kind of impromptu for funsies tournament the other day in the afternoon, our time here in the West Coast. So that was pretty fun. It was a 65 sass and lower tournament. And Beehawk so graciously knocked me out of that in the loser's bracket. Thanks, Beehawk. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Um, no, but I got to play a deck that I picked up. Uh, Gremlin X, back when he was selling decks, I think it was one of his weekends, he was doing like 3 for $15 shipped or something like that. And I found this deck, and it has library access, double phase shift, double mimicry, and battle fleet. 
And yeah, like I guess before when I was playing it, when I first got it, apparently I was 4-0 with it. Like I had done pretty well with it. And then I just kind of like set it aside and never touched it again. So this tournament came up and I was like, oh yeah, there's that deck. So I pulled that out again. And yeah, it was super fun. Like there was some nasty decks at 65 sass and lower. Like every deck I think I went up against was like, wow, really? This one is rated that lowly? But uh, yeah, every game I was able to pull, every game except for the one against Beehawk, I was able to pull uh, Library Access turn into Battle Fleet, and it just felt so good having all those cards. I lost a close one to Rise in the winner's bracket where I could have Shatterstormed him to make sure that his uh, key charge wouldn't have went off the next turn, and if I had, I'd probably just win the game because I had a pretty big board and would have been shatterstorming and going back to four amber so lost that one because of key charge right when i passed the turn he went untamed and i just knew it because i mean i remembered in his his index card he had key charge and yeah, i was like oh shoot he's got his dust pixie back if he has one more amber generating card in hand this game's over and he did I gotta play some uh, 65 and sass lower games because I I started because of everybody playing these I, I started looking at my my decks that I have in that range and I was like there's some really interesting stuff here uh, so I gotta I gotta get I gotta get some of those games in yeah no it was it was super fun I've got some other 65 and lowers but they outlawed my Jenka decks and my Hall of the Forest <laughs> decks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got yeah. three. I think I've got two Jenka decks that meet the qualification, and then I've got uh, one Heart of the Forest deck that's actually way better than what it's rated. I agree with those bands one hundred percent. But yeah, so the winner got to choose an impromptu band. So Future Beans won it, took it down. I think he had to win two in the finals. He had to win two coming out of the losers bracket, pulled it off, and now he is banned in Furnace from the next tournament. So Heart of the Forest. Um, Jenka and Infernus are banned for the next Lady Aurora, and it's going to be 63 sass and lower. Ooh, I can still play mine. My favorite. <laughs> I think mine just hits it too. I think mine is 63. But yeah, it was super fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think I got six games of Keyforge in. They just pretty much once we did it bracket style. So once your bracket was filled, you could just immediately start the game. And so I think I played like six games in like 70 minutes or something or five games. Like it was, it was a lot of games. I made it fairly deep into the tournament and uh, yeah, it was just super quick and yeah, super fun. So be on the lookout in the discord. Lady Aurora is committed to running a few more of those and they're just kind of impromptu. She'll kind of give a couple days head notice that there's a sign up for it and then yeah, it'll fire at whatever time it says it's going to fire. And yeah, you just play till you're knocked out. So double a limb. So that's been really fun. All right, on to the main topic. The Glorious Few. So the Glorious Few is our tournament. It is Sanctimonious Invitational number one. Number one meaning that maybe we'll do this again if this uh, first one goes off. Maybe. Um, So far, the reception's been really, really strong. And so far, the team's... As of today, April 10th, have been Tabletop Royale. Both Justin and Nathan will be representing. Uh, Archons of Atlanta, Cav, and oh no. Freddy. Freddy. Freddy's been active in our Discord before. Good old Freddy. Um, are going to be representing there. So between those two teams already, we have three out of the four are Vault Tour winners. Um, then Sanctimonious is the f- third team that's been announced. And we have Beehawk and Lady Aurora. So we have a Grand Champ. And Beehawk, uh, what's your highest win? 
local store champ? Not even that, I don't think. I just <laughs> play a lot. <laughs> the Lord of Arise. You've won some on- you won some online tournaments though, yeah. Yeah, I-, I did some online tournaments that I've won. Nice. That's about it. So yeah, this uh, tournament's gonna happen Sunday, April twenty sixth at twelve PM Central Standard Time, um one o'clock PM Eastern. Uh we're gonna have so it's gonna be eight eight matches at the beginning, double elimination, two decks. And the two decks that each person selects, they can't share a house between the two. So it's kind of the stipulation to maybe, you know, shake up the meta so we don't just see Dis Shadows logos across 16 decks. Um, so that'll be interesting to see kind of how players pick decks, what kind of house combinations we see. Um, I kind of expect to see a lot of Saurian Star Alliance in one of the decks just because that frees up a lot of houses for the other deck. We'll see how that goes. Um, we will have enough streamers to stream each individual match that's going on. So there'll be eight matches at the high point, and we have eight streams lined up. So you'll be able to watch whatever match you want to watch. Um, all the streams afterwards will be uploaded to some sort of YouTube or other post Twitch or however people are streaming. I think we've got some different streamers. I think mostly it's going to be on Twitch, but. Yeah, there'll be a way for you to go back and watch every match if you want to watch. Yeah, I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get uploaded to YouTube and post certainly, but um, I think the main the main goal is to have them streaming on Twitch. Yep, so that's super exciting. So I think it's gonna be myself and Blake from Help from Future Self on my stream. I think on Jake's stream it's gonna be Jake, Alex, and um, Burnside, a oh, yeah. professional Pokin announcer. So bring him over to the KeyForge I mean, arena. He's just going to show us up, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I want that. Um, I know we have Mortavis. He's got a Twitch stream. Who are some of the other streamers? Um, D-House? Is D-House. D-House. Yeah, from the Wild Wormhole. They're going to stream. Zach from Call of Discovery is going to stream. One Star Squire of these streams and his 101 classes. He's going to stream some matches. Um, yeah, and then I think some of the players themselves will stream from their perspective um as well so i mean that you'll be able to get it from all different angles so that's that's kind of the point of this whole thing is we wanted to just create a bunch of great twitch and youtube content for keyforge there's a lot of people making that content right now and we just wanted to kind of highlight a lot of those people so you know that's that's really the hope is we just want to push people towards these different streamers and just the different content they're making right now so we're super super excited for this yeah, and I, I mean, I think the the goal overall of the whole tournament was just like we. I think it started with a conversation of like just how do we increase KeyForge viewership on Twitch? How do we um, get people to get on Twitch and check check out this card game? And even just like for this time of like we're all stuck inside. Um, can't be there are no vault tours happening yeah, I was gonna say all the vault tour streams are canceled <laughs> there are no even competitive events happening so we're like how how do we contribute to the community um, with a high a high level event um, that's going to both be entertaining to watch engaging but and also a place for you know our com- competitive scene to kind of get an outlet um, and I mean there are so many good teams that who are not going to make be invited and we want you to know that that was not a the, the, there there we may do again we may do more of these in the future and honestly the decision of what teams to 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 do it was very very hard 
Um, and ultimately it just came down to like, we can't, we didn't want it to be a 10 hour event because we want everybody to check it out <laughs> and people will not, not stick all the way through a 10 hour event. So we had to keep it, we had to keep it down to sort of a minimum count of teams um, to make it exciting, but not too long. Yeah. And again, we're going to be going brackets. So we're just going to pretty much move games forward as fast as they can be done. So I think we're going to assign streamers to certain areas of the bracket so that way as soon as the next game is ready to go boom they can just start and keep playing yeah we're hoping the entire event will be in like the four to five hour range for a true survival two deck um tournament with 16 players so yeah and be on the lookout we're gonna do some fun stuff with the bracket um the brackets beforehand so um players are gonna be submitting their deck list to us um, and we're going to have brackets up before the tournament actually begins. So you're going to be able to put together your own bracket. And the person who gets the closest is going to win $25. Is that right? Yep. We have $25 in the bracket challenge. So yeah, we all, none of us got to do our NCAA March Madness brackets this year. So we're giving you the sanctimonious Keyforge. That's right. April, April Madness. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Almost yeah. as exciting. Just, you know, pick teams based on their, uh, you know, their colors or the city they're from or, you know, not actually by the skill of their players because that's, you know, how everybody wins the office pool. It's the one person that basically <laughs> it's on just picked on cute, like cute mascots. <laughs> random. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot about that. Two deck survival and true survival. There's no cut. It'll just keep going till one person has a deck and everybody else has had their decks eliminated. Um, I think the finals actually is going to be best. Of, no, I think it's just true survival this time. We talked about maybe in the future events having the last match be best of three. I guess I'm not sure. All this stuff is subject to change. We're still finalizing a lot of this, but we just want to put it out there that this is going to be happening. We're just going to point you to the Sanctimonious Twitter where we're announcing the teams and the players, and there's a little blurb on each player too, so you can learn some more about them if you're not familiar with them already, which a lot of these guys you will be familiar with, but it's just been super fun, super exciting. We've gotten a lot of engagement with the tweets so far, so thank you to everybody yeah. that's retweeting and um, liking those tweets that means a lot to us because yeah we just want to just want to promote keyforge at this time where keyforge is a uh, very much a solo game <laughs> at least a solo in your own house game saw somebody created solitaire keyforge you could be playing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right real player one with his yeah. solitaire <laughs> rules so you can at least touch your cards yeah you know, and wash your hands then touch your cards and wash your hands i, I want to give us a good chance to talk with Beehawk, but uh, I, I'm interested to know what you think. Like, what are you predicting? What kind of decks are we going to see? I mean, I know you said, mentioned some, some logo, sorry, and star Alliance. Like if you were going to put in some decks right now, what would you, what would you throw in there? My two lineups that I had picked for myself, if I were to be playing in this event would be the immortal specialist of Arcosia, which uh, Alex, you should be familiar with. I got it from you. Oh Yeah. <laughs> That was a Saurian Star Alliance Untamed, 79 SAS, 8.8 .8 Amber Control, 20 Expected Amber, 8 Speed. Um, my major draws to this deck, because I love, it's got double Helmsman Spears and double Stealth Mode. And it has a, diff, a couple of different Taunters that you can potentially set up the Spears loop, which is really fun. And it's just, it's a very, I don't know, it's a very fun deck to play. I really enjoy playing it. It's got a lot of options. The Saurian House, uh, I've got double 
axiom of risk. You have the always fun city-state interest into ancient power to really annoy your opponents. Uh, it is one of those decks, though, that you do are kind of are punished for the dino pinatas. You have a tribune pompadus to make them harder to remove, but there's not really any other better way to uh, remove the ambers. You have to be kind of careful with that. But yeah, um, that would be one. It's a lot to say about that one. And then this should come as no surprise to anybody, but Oppenheimer of Kissing Well Pantry uh, would be my other one. So my AOA, Triple Ronnie, Triple Exhum, Double Ganger Chieftain. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just one of my decks that I really, really, really enjoy playing. I'm really surprised that uh, Mania Scourge didn't make the cut. So Mania Scourge has shadows, so Mm. it, it cancels out Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the shadows and Mania Scourge. Yeah, no, I like Mania Scourge a lot. It's it's definitely up there as well. Uh, it's Logos Shadows Star Alliance. So it just eats up two house. I guess I didn't use Logos in my lineup. And then my other lineup I found would be the Immortal Specialist of Acacia again. And then Zia the Disc Spy would be my other potential choice. Okay. And that's the uh, one we covered on the podcast as well. The Jenka with double Ronnie, double Exhum. I just, you know, I can't get away from my Ronnie and my exhumes i think for me i don't know i'm actually i hadn't thought about this until just this moment i'm looking at my desks i literally don't think i have like one viable lineup it's like basically my i have a double transporter platform debt that has kirby and blaster and punctuated equilibrium which is super it's a super high roll deck so i don't actually know how comfortable i'd be feeling feel about playing it but it's called master erit Irida Heart Plumatus. And then I could run that one and either Turby Arena Hooligan or the Warded Sergeant <laughs> of East Run. I would want to run Ashera, uh, my Italian deck, but it just doesn't pair with anything else that I have very well because <laughs> I, I, I am noticing that I have a tendency to. There, there's one continual uh, house that is in like all of my top decks, which is Logos. Like it's in like six of the eight of what I would consider my best decks. So that's good. It's making it quite, quite <laughs> problematic. That and Dis are hit a lot. I think ultimately I'd probably have to borrow a deck from the team to pair with one of those decks. It's a, it's an interesting, I, I like the format. I think we're going to see some like interesting lineups. I'm really interested to see how people play it with like wh- how they order their decks in the survival. Um, there's like a couple different ways that you could go. Um, and I mean, as always with survival. So I think that I'm interested to see how people do it with the, the two deck versus the three deck and how they're how they order them with the house breakdowns. Um, if you had to guess, what do you what do you think? Do you think we're going to see what do you think we're going to see more worlds collide? Do you think we're going to see uh coda are we gonna see some aoa love i mean just based on the temperature out there i feel like it's probably gonna be dub c coda for most lineups just feel like the ability to have either star alliance or sarian in one of your decks opens up more houses for your other deck and that's kind of the draw of having one of your decks be worlds collide with this format since those houses didn't exist in the previous sets so um, the more of the new houses you throw into one of your decks, the more of the old houses you have available for your other deck. Um, so that's kind of my prediction. But I mean, there's enough, there's enough stuff out there. I just, yeah, like out of Coda, if you went dis logo shadows, like <laughs> what other deck, what other deck uh, house pairing do you have left from the first two sets that you'd feel good about? Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. I think Logos is probably gonna end up being like Logos has to be in your worlds collide almost certainly. It feels like because the or or you're running AOA 
like I guess you could do it with AOA because there's some viable lineups in AOA that don't that you could do like some Brobnar stuff in AOA some like you know your uh, you get your Martian generosity you get your ganger drummer kind of thing going maybe you can make something happen in AOA and if maybe your maybe your coda doesn't have shadows you could go, go like logos dis untamed <laughs> I don't know it's interesting uh, but I mean that's kind of all I had I think we could move on to an interview, an intimate portrait of, of B-Hawk. <laughs> oh, Enter champion B-Hawk. Hello. Hi, B-Hawk. How you doing over there? I'm great. You ready for this? No. Did you read through all these questions in the podcast episode section of the Discord so you're fully prepared? I did not. Good. Great. Off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it on the day. Um, that's That's today. What goes through your mind as you bear the weight of our expectations? <laughs> Yeehawk. <laughs> Electromagnetic waves. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it too much. I know it's uh, it's really cool just to be selected to represent Sanctimonious. And I'm just trying to focus on the hype rather than the fact that I could fail and let everyone down. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not going to happen. You're definitely not O2-ing and, and joining me on stream to talk about how you got O2'd. I hope not. <laughs> no. no, we uh, yeah, we have no no qualms. It is, uh, it is not a uh, soft meta for this invitational. No, man. This, this, <laughs> thing, is, this thing is stacked. So, you know, I, I, I'm just glad that I don't have to play. <laughs> I'm glad that I, I, get the, I, get the easy, I get the easy job of just, like, talking about it. Right. Much props to you for uh, taking up the call. <gasps> oh, thanks. Um, so have you thought about your decks? Do you, have, do you have it narrowed down? Are you having some of the issues that Alex kind of alluded to where if you select one deck, it invalidates another deck? Totally, totally. So, like, looking at my collection at, like, my top 100 decks, you take out Dis, I'm down to 30 decks. <laughs> you take out Untamed on top of that, 11. <laughs> you take out either Shadows or Logos, four or two decks that I could pair with one of my top decks. And they're low. They're low, Sass. Like, that's why I decided I'm going to try and see if I can get another deck, one of us from one of the nights, one of my local buddies, see what I can drum up and, and have a good success rate with. I, I must be super fortunate. Like, the whole... Yeah, I feel super like I had like a few different lineups I was looking at. I was like, oh, this would be bad. This would be pretty good, too. Yeah, I was looking at one of my uh, AOA decks before Emperor that rose for meat. It's a power level two Ganger Knot deck that has a lot of control with Mars. Double Resonator. It's paired with, with yeah, Double Resonator. It's paired with Sanctum. It's got Double Albaid. So it's like. It has also double potion of invulnerability with the Ganger Knot combo, yeah, it's so, so it's like really, <laughs> it's really dumb and fun. But like, it runs out of steam against like those Coda Rush decks, and that's part of what I started to think about for deck selection. Is I'm thinking people are going to be going for these Rush decks in their first slot, yeah, and hope for the high rolls, and then have their more consistent deck for their second deck. I think that's where I'm like, I don't think I can play this, because I'm going to be using one of my best decks, 
They're more consistent. They're not as high rolly as you'll see. So I just think they belong in the second slot. So I need something that is anti what I suspect the meta will be for my yeah. first slot. Yeah. That's super interesting. Like pretty much that was the next question. How are, how are you going about your deck ordering strategy? Are you going to stick with that? Are you going to try to high roll first, high roll first deck, more consistent second deck? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, for the first deck, I, I'm pretty much wedged into this corner where I have to do something, in my opinion, with Saurian and Star Alliance. And I could just low roll with those, but they have a lot of house cheating which is really nice. It, it's got a decent amount of amber control. So I'm, I'm looking for something that can have like an Odoac or something with anti-steel in case I run up against a four routine job deck or some heavy amount of steel or something that's rushy. Definitely. No, that's wise. Yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll be crazy. I'm super excited for it. Oh yeah, me too. It's going to be awesome. All right, you ready for... A little bit of a lighthearted one. Give you a little break here. If you had to go into battle and bring two creatures from the Crucible from different houses in with you, which two would you take? Oh, man. That's a tough one. I'd probably have to go with Khalifi Dragon. Oh, nice. Good choice. And Restrain Guntus. <laughs> yes. I don't really know what, what what is Restrain Guntus. Is he just like a demon? What is, what's his deal? Yeah, he's like a little demon dude that just like Pulls strings on people as a puppet master. <laughs> you can't do this. All right. Now we've naturally answered like the next three questions. So good job with that, guys. That's <laughs> sweet. Guess we're done here. See you later. <laughs> yeah, right. So have you decided on the one deck? Or are you still trying to see what you can source to really dis- determine what the one deck is going to be? I'm going to be playing a lot of games this weekend and trying to have something selected to the point where i can get about 100 games in with this new deck from somebody else before the event can start nice that's dedication and that's like my goal Uh, my my buddy put it in a way where like if you play 100 games you'll know that one in a hundred situation that might pop up (laughs) in a competitive game truth yeah that's a really good point and i mean you just you do just know learn so much from the reps you know and that's where I think it's smart to try to get those those in before uh, you know before things before you get too far down the line. And I mean, just playing a bunch of games online, I think it'll be close enough. Even though I might be playing against some quirky decks or super powerful decks, so I'll just see what I can do with what I have. Well, sir, I'll always step into the crucible with you. All right, last question: What would winning mean to you, other than the hundred dollars? <laughs> oh, there's a hundred dollars on the line. There's a hundred dollars on the line. Oh, that's sweet. Cash money, cash, or maybe cash an Amazon money. gift gift card. I don't know. I I think I forgot about that. Really, winning would be uh, just validation for the tireless hours I spent on the Crucible, uh, and winning for the Sanctimonious community. Yes, be awesome. I'm gonna. I'm going to try to embarrass Beehawk here really quick because Beehawk has crucibly tracked 4,008 games. Oh no, I just passed 4,000 games. <laughs> With 301 decks. He is 22-33 and 17-75. I have one more than I've lost. Yeah, no, you're ahead of me. There you go. So, yeah. 
Behawk is uh, spent a little time playing the game. Well, we are happy to have you as one of our champions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, we're our first choices um, because of you guys, you guy and gal, both being kind of OG Sanctimonians back in the very beginning, helping us to kind of shape the community team and the Discord into what it is today. So thank you for always being around, chatting, and coming out to Seattle and visiting me and yeah. introducing me to Rocket Cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. It's a great honor, really. It's awesome. And I'm looking forward to it. All right. Any final thoughts, Beehawk? Anything, any any decrees you want to issue to the other challengers? Bring it. I like it. All right. I think that'll do it. Yeah. Let's start with Beehawk. Where can people find you online? On the Discord. Username Beehawk. Hashtag 2058. Oh, snap. He did it. He's got the numbers. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty much my best way of communicating with me. Sweet. You can also look for him jamming 100 games with some deck that you will then get to see on stream. So step into that free play room or whatever room he's in and give him a game. Bring your bring your baddest deck and just try to wipe the floor with him so he's uh, well prepared. Or humiliated. <laughs> be one or the other. Alex, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Discord. Uh, I am the Nick of Slots, hashtag 6418. Uh, you can also drop me an email at the Nick of Slots at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and oh, and I and I, I'm I'm venturing I'm venturing onto Twitter uh, recently, uh, and uh, I am also the Nick of Slots there. <laughs> Perfect. All right, you can find me. I'm Dan is someone D A N I S S O M E one. It's on Twitter and Twitch. I actually did make a Twitch the other day, so you can go back and see that. I also posted that video to YouTube. That should also be Dan is someone. The link is in the previous show notes. So if you want to see Burnside's adaptive deck go up against my adaptive deck in two matches in under 40 minutes, then you can go check out that YouTube video and watch us jam that game. Um, yeah, thank you, everybody. It's been another episode of Sanctimonious, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. See ya. Archons of the Crucible, the glorious few have been chosen. Who will rise to the top? Who will fall in flames? Only one can claim the ultimate prize for forging those keys.